the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Whether you're listening from far away or next to beautiful Seneca Lake, we hope that through the reading and proclaiming of Scripture, you hear God's wisdom, challenge, and blessing for you today. If you're able to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9.30, we at Hector Presbyterian Church would love to share Christ's peace with you. Our second reading comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the words of our God endure forever. Jesus said to the disciples, Now immediately after the suffering of that time, the sun will become dark, and the moon won't give its light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the planets and other heavenly bodies will be shaken. Then the sign of the human one will appear in the sky. At that time all the tribes of the earth will be full of sadness, and they will see the human one coming in the heavenly clouds with power and great splendor. He will send his angels with the sound of a great trumpet, and they will gather his chosen ones from the four corners of the earth, from one end of the sky to the other. Learn this parable from the fig tree, after its branch becomes tender and it sprouts new leaves, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things, you know that the human one is near at the door. I assure you that this generation won't pass away until all of these things happen. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will certainly not pass away. The word of the Lord. When I was a newly minted adult living in Minneapolis, the century-old house that I called home had sensitive circuit breakers. Every few weeks, when the lights winked out, I'd fumble down to the basement to check which fuse had blown this time. Fumbling, flailing, faltering, when the lights go out, when we are plunged into darkness of the eye or of the spirit, we lose our footing. And that's when Jesus decides to show up. When the sun goes dark, when the moon's pearly radiance flickers out, when the vast void of space swallows up the stars, that is when the human one, the Messiah, appears. So how are we supposed to see him if all the lights have gone out? Perhaps Jesus glows like a cosmic nightlight, an intensified version of the bulbs whose small wattage kept the terrors of nighttime at bay. 
but I'm drawn instead to the image the psalmist offers, the mighty one arriving to save, wrapped in thick darkness. Our culture, by and large, is uncomfortable with darkness. Only when the sun goes down do monsters gather under the bed. Only when the sun goes down do vampires skulk outside our doors. Untold dangers abound in the night hours. We barricade them out with doors and locks and prayers and automatic floodlights. Without thinking about it, our words associate darkness with ignorance, evil, and death. Those kept in the dark need enlightenment. When someone is in a dark mood or experiencing a dark season, we encourage them to look for light at the end of the tunnel. During our Advent preparations for Christ's arrival, we sing of the dayspring, urging Christ the radiant dawn, disperse the gloomy clouds of night, and death's dark shadows put to flight. Celebrating the word become flesh, we state with hope the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness neither understands nor overcomes the light. But there's another side to darkness, a holy, hidden story that we do not often tell. It is night when the Holy One instructs Abram to count the stars in the sky and promises that Abram and Sarai will have just as many descendants. It is night when the Eternal One visits Jacob and Joseph in their dreams. It is night when the Mighty One splits the sea and leads the Hebrews from slavery to freedom. But most mysterious and most majestic of all is the thick darkness that surrounds the Lord like a cloud when the Lord comes down to Mount Sinai and makes a covenant with the people. The sky blazes with lightning. The earth shakes like a nuclear reactor about to blow. The Lord speaks to Moses with a voice like thunder, but no one not even Moses, can actually see God. This is the one who rumbles, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You must have no other gods before me. The one who is more than our words can describe says, do not make idols. But we much prefer to walk by sight and not by faith. We want a God we can see, not a terrifying voice. We want a God we can understand by the light of our minds, not a God who dwells in dazzling darkness. But Jesus warns us, 
If someone says to you, look, here's the Messiah, or he's over there, don't believe them. Even signs and wonders, don't fall for them, because the Messiah arrives only when the lights go out. In the Northern Hemisphere, as the nights lengthen and darkness steals over the afternoon hours, the church lights Advent candles and plugs in twinkling Christmas bulbs, counting down the days until we celebrate Christ's first arrival away in a manger. But Advent also anticipates Christ's second arrival, appearing in thick darkness to restore and transform the earth with terrifying finality. It is this second coming of Christ that our gospel text reminds us of today, sandwiched between accounts of great suffering and mysterious reports of unfaithful people swept away like the floodwaters in Genesis. When the bottom falls out, when the darkest time loses even the light of sun and moon, when we are fumbling and flailing about, Christ comes among us. So how are we supposed to see him? We can't. Instead, we listen. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words, says Jesus, will certainly not pass away. Those of us who are sighted rely on our eyes, which hold an estimated 70% of our sense receptors. But when our eyes fail us, our ears come to attention because Jesus' words remain. Words like, Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens. I will give you rest. Words like, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Highly honored are the lowly. How worthy are those who make peace. Words like, I assure you, that when you have done it for the least of my brothers and sisters, you have done it for me. Words like, I myself will be with you always until the end of this present age. Like the community gathered at the foot of quaking Mount Sinai, our eyes cannot penetrate that thick darkness surrounding the Savior. But we can listen. We might take a page out of the Blindapur restaurant playbook. In the late 1990s, four blind entrepreneurs in Zurich opened Blindapur. What a great name, Blindapur, inviting patrons to dine in the dark. The restaurant's owners were inspired by a blind Swiss pastor named Jörg Spielmann, who routinely blindfolded dinner guests in his house. He said that they paid more attention to the food that way, and they also listened to each other better. 
Now, I will not blindfold you if you come to dinner at my house. But I encourage you, try having a meal with the lights off, especially this month when the sun goes down at 4.30. Feel your other senses heighten in the absence of sight, smell, taste, feeling, hearing. Consider foregoing silverware and let your fingers direct you. Listen to each other's nervous laughter. Listen to the clink of wine bottles carefully tipped into glasses. Listen to sounds that usually take a back seat to the visual stimuli of color and shape and brightness. The truth is, heaven and earth will pass away, and already the institutional church is dissolving. We know that. We see that. In statistics describing decreased attendance, we see that in the vibrancy of communities that thrive on a leaner budget. There are plenty of smart and courageous and faithful people in the church, in this sanctuary and in the wider church, looking for solutions and fresh ways to gather around the gospel, but looking, seeing, can't be the only sense we employ. We could do with a dose of divine darkness to awaken our hearing, our listening, listening to the voices of neighbors absent from our gathering, listening to the voice of the Spirit whispering in our prayers, listening to the voice of Jesus, whose words will not pass away. Advent, which is a season of shadows as much as it is an anticipation of light, is the perfect time to start practicing listening in the dark. Friends, may you hear the word of the Lord, who told the prophet Isaiah, I form light and create darkness. I form prosperity and create doom. May you sense the presence of the one for whom nighttime is as bright as the day, because darkness is the same as light to God. May you treasure the words of the word made flesh, who groped around in the dark like any human being, who slept beneath the splendor of the stars, who arrives among us like a thief in the night. This Advent, may God's grace settle over you like dusk and darkness that descend on us in deepening shades of resplendent blue. For such grace, let us give all glory and all gratitude to God, creator of the stars of night, day spring from on high, flame of love in our hearts. Amen.